Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Yay, you made it. We're here. We're together at Centerpoint Church, and it's Sunday and I want to just say thanks for coming. If you're new here, my name is John. I'm lead pastor at Centerpoint. I'm glad that you came as our guest and definitely stop by the blue table so we can say hey and, and welcome you appropriately. But I just want to remind you that we have a, a vision that we're experiencing together right now, and that is Grow Flow So. And the, the, the part that, that is uh, so much fun sometimes to me is flow. It's about flowing in the spirit. And I just want to tell you that this past week at Seek Night, there was a, an experience explosion of flowing in the spirit that happened in this room. I got to tell you, this whole room was packed and Pastor Daryl led us all in a moment of activation in, 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 in a spiritual experience, the flow of the spirit for prophetic utterance. And all across this room, literally hundreds of people were beginning to experience the prophetic power of God's spirit flowing through them. And it was an amazing thing. There is flowing in the spirit that's happening here. And there is sewing. We got sewing. We're sewing into our community. Stuff like the shoes that we are going to be bringing to uh, those in need. And today, grow. We are growing strong disciples. And that's us. That's us. And so I want you to just get ready, get your heart ready, and in a sense, declare that you are ready to grow. Just say, God, I'm ready to grow. Just say it again. God, I'm ready to grow. Yeah, God, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to grow by your word and by what you would say to me and but by what you would want to do inside of me. And so, God, I open my heart to you today. We open our hearts to you today, God, to, to grow as your disciples in the truth. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. All right, we're beginning a new series today, and I'm excited about this one. I'm going to be diving into some of the life-changing statements of Jesus and I want to know uh, how many of you speak Gen Z-ish. Anyone? Okay. A couple? Gen Z-ish. It's a thing. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you on this. I'm going to see how you're doing. I'm going to say something. You tell me if you're tracking with me. All right? Ready? Uh, I was finna get with my fam, and my bestie walks in doing this bob. I was low-key vibing on what she was singing, but she was also dripping. I mean, snatched. I mean, there was red lipstick for me. It was this vibe that was straight bussin', nothing chuggy on her at all. Facts. No cap. Okay. So if you were tracking with me just now... Chances are you are 25 and under. <laughs> and if you're 25 and under, what just happened was very cringy for you. <laughs> and if you're older than 25, you're like, what? <laughs> so I'll translate. I'll give a little translation. So what, what, what I said was this, but this is what it meant. What it means is I was getting ready to spend time with my family. My best friend walked in singing a song, and I enjoyed it. She was dressed very nicely, and she looked great. Her red lipstick was especially nice. Her look was really very trendy. I tell you the truth. So there's the translation. And anybody who was wondering, what's this whole no cap thing all about? Well, now you know. No cap. It means I tell you the truth. Everybody say, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. This is a phrase that Jesus used Many times in the Gospels, this phrase, I tell you the truth. And, and actually, there are at least 50 times and up to 70-ish times, depending on what translation you're looking at, where Jesus uses this phrase, I tell you the truth. And here's what it's about. 
It's about the fact that Jesus is on the scene in the middle of a, a, a moment of history where he knows that everybody he's talking to has their own set of beliefs and philosophies and culture and values and whatnot, but he steps right into the mix of all of that and says, yeah, 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 I know. You have all kinds of things that you believe and think, but I reserve the right to set the record straight and let you know how it actually is. I tell you the truth. And sometimes in our lives, we do need to allow the living God who comes in, the, in Jesus Christ to speak to us and to tell us, I tell you the truth. And it might be different than what you've heard in the world around you. It might be different than what you came up with in your household. It might be different than what they learned you in school on, right? But Jesus comes into our lives to say, I tell you the truth. Somebody say it again, I tell you the truth. In John, in John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus says these words. He says, I said to, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Say that last phrase from Jesus out loud with me. The last part, ready, go. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. One more time, say it with me. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is Jesus getting right up into every one of our business saying, I want you to experience a greater degree of liberty than you currently know. I want you free. And the way you're going to get there is through my truth. And, and so I think that we should expect that in our lives as followers of Jesus, there's going to be moments where he comes along and punctures through the things that we've already assumed and comes deeper than the superficial stuff that some of our culture has thrown at us and gives us a deeper revelation of how things really are. And, and so I'm expecting it. And he wants us to live free. He said the truth will set you free. I think Jesus wants some of us to live a life where his truth is doing a deep work in us. When you're living with the truth of Jesus, his truth defines you. And gives you your sense of identity. When you're living in his truth, uh, his truth begins to inform you about what's going on in the world, seen and unseen. When you're living with his truth, his truth uh, begins to shape you. And sometimes that means chiseling off some of the hard edges that just have to go for your sake and the sake of the people around you. Sometimes living in his truth means that his truth is directing you, directing you into a new perspective that maybe you didn't have before and maybe is a little different than what you've been hearing around you. When you're living with his truth, his truth is restraining you sometimes from walking into the cesspool of sin that something inside of you was wanting to go into. When you're living with his truth, his truth motivates you to live a different kind of life with a different set of values where you find satisfaction in the things of God. I want to live that way. I want to live with the truth of Jesus setting me free in every way that I need it. Remember, these are the words of Jesus. The truth will set you free. But, but here's the context. The backdrop is that, that Jesus reveals in John 8, 44, that the devil speaks something, which Jesus says is his native language, and it's the language of deception. That there, there's a, a plan of the enemy of the human soul to infect human minds with lies. And so Jesus is saying, you need to know about that, and then you need to know, I'm going to give you truth, and it's going to set you free 
from whatever bondage the devil would try to shackle you with. Somebody want to be free? Yeah. So we want to pay attention. And we should probably have an expectation that some of the truth that he comes and brings into our life might be hard to take in. Might be bigger than we could even imagine. Might mess with us a little bit. But I'm, I'm kind of ready to be messed with. So I want to jump into the words of Jesus in John, uh, in John chapter 5. So you can turn over to John chapter 5 right now. And as you're making your way to John chapter 5, here's the context. To open up your Bible or at least the Bible app to John chapter 5. Come on, everybody. Even you. <laughs> get your Bible open. Bible app at least. It'll be on the screen. But come on, let's be people who get to know the Word of God by looking at it at least on our phone or flipping, flipping through the pages. Here's the context. John chapter 5. Just before this, Jesus had gone to a place called Samaria and he started talking to this woman who everybody thought he shouldn't be talking to because she was from that people group. But he spoke with her and changed her life by speaking truth to her. And then after that, he healed the son of, of an important government leader. But, but he did it just by speaking from a distance. He didn't even have to go there. And then right after that, he heads back from Galilee, back to Jerusalem. He gets to Jerusalem and he sees there's a, a, a paralyzed man who's hanging out by the pool of Bethesda. And he heals that man. And it was amazing. I mean, most everybody would think, that's amazing. Jesus healed a paralyzed man. Except for the religious people. They saw what Jesus was doing and said, you can't do that. But people were starting to see the power of Jesus and believe in him and starting to follow him. And that made some of the religious people a little bit nervous. And so they wanted to come along and shut him down and say, you can't do that. And that was basically what was happening. They're, they're trying to shut Jesus down, saying, you can't do this. It's the Sabbath. You shouldn't do that kind of stuff. Plus, you can't be trying to, get, to say that you, you, you are the son of God or anything like that. But Jesus had a response. And this is his response in the middle of that moment. John chapter 5, verse uh, 24 and following. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Say that part with me. Go. I tell you the truth. When he starts out with these words, your ears better open. Because he's got something he's going to lay down. <laughs> that you need to hear. But Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Now, this is the moment where somebody should say, thank you, God, like that, right? I mean, you should say it ugly almost, like, thank you, God. Like, when I read that, that's my response. I just want to say, thank you, God. So you want to say it with me? Thank you, God. Like, let me say that again and see if it doesn't sink in a little better. I tell you the truth. Those who... Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Thank you, God. They will never be condemned for their... They will... They... They... Somebody point to your neighbor and say, they. <laughs> they, will, they will never be condemned for their sins. They've already passed from death to life. This, you got to just stop here and go, God... Thank you. Like, because what Jesus is revealing in this moment is that there really are two, two different kind of people. There are spiritually dead people and spiritually alive people. And he's saying, in a sense, you and I live among the walking dead. Like that there's a, there's a whole lot of people that just have zero clue that there is a spiritual reality and that there is a living God. And there's something about them that inside just doesn't care at all that they have an eternal soul. And they do not have any awareness inside of them that that eternal soul carries eternal responsibility for decisions and choices. And they don't have anything inside of them beginning to think about how God is amazing and what God has done in 
Jesus really matters. That's spiritual death. And Jesus is saying, look, I want you to be aware. That is a possibility. But if you have listened to him and believed in God who sent him, he says, then this is true of you. You are different. You have already passed, say it with me, from death to life. This is the heartbeat of the gospel, and it's such good news. And we get to live by it. But I, gotta, I just got to keep, keep reading. Verse 25, Jesus says, I assure you the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when the dead will hear the voice, my voice, and the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. And the Father has life. The Father has life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he's the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. And those who've done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. This is one of those moments where you just have to hear the words of Jesus and go, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, he takes us from, from revelation about how salvation happens to identification of deity in himself, then over to resurrection of the dead and final judgment, all in like one breath. That's my Jesus. He can do that. But I want to make sure I take it in. But more importantly, I want to make sure that I, I figure out what it means for my life. And I read those words, and I just think about it a little with this thought. What does that mean for me? When he's talking about, about how I'm going to live and the judgment at the end, this is the invitation that I see there. And it's a, a resolve that I want to declare. It's this. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. If I could just summarize everything we just read into a directive for life, it's this. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. Would you say it with me? I listen to Jesus and I live with the end in mind. Say it one more time. I listen to Jesus and I live with the end in mind because he did invite me to consider the end, didn't he? He talked about, there's a crazy ending to this story. You think it's all just going to be uh, easy, simple, hallmark kind of thing. No, Jesus says that there's a time coming when even the dead will rise from their graves. It's, it's a crazy ending to the story, but it, there's a way to live that's different. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. Uh, verse, verse 24, one more time. Look at this. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Would you read that out loud with me? Verse 24, go. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Ah, Jesus said, those who listen to my message. But I, I want to make sure we're on the same page about this. When Jesus said, those who listen to my message, he's not talking about some kind of uh, just casual acoustic experience. He's not just talking about, well, you read a few of the words. He's not talking about you just kind of passively allowed those words to go into your brain. No, he's talking about you listening to him and living like you listened to him. Here, put it like this. Imagine a kitchen and there's a, a, a mom, a young mom, and she's like, 
you know, cooking dinner or whatever, and, and she's, she's got the stove going, a couple pots on the stove and a frying pan, and she's got a, you know, a little one climbing up on the stool, reaching over to that frying pan, and that, that mom's going to say, hey, stop, don't touch that, you'll burn yourself if you touch that. And then the, the, the little kid says, okay, okay, climbs down the stool. But the mom goes over here. She's cutting some stuff up again. And up he goes on the stool again, reaching out, puts his hand on that hot frying pan. And yeah, mom, right? And what is she going to say to him? She's going to say, why didn't you listen to me? You know, if you would have listened to me, you wouldn't have gotten burned. And of course, what, what I'm getting at is that, that she didn't mean, oh, you should just let the things I'm saying enter through your ear. It wasn't about that at all, was it? It was about you need to take it to heart and put it into practice. And when this word is used, when Jesus says, those who listen to my words, it, it means to comprehend and attend to. And, and so the question I want to ask is, then Lord, how do you want me to live? In any moment I'm living through, like right now, how do you want me to live? In this moment with these kids that I've got to deal with a parenting issue, how do you want me to live, Jesus? In this issue with my marriage going on right now, how do you want me to live? Not just what do I feel like, but what do you say to me about how I should live? In this moment where I'm trying to figure out what to do with this money problem, Jesus, how do you want me to live? Over in this circumstance where I have this wicked boss that I'm working for and I just want to rip into him, Jesus, how do you want me to live? This question needs to be something that we get comfortable asking and then waiting for his response to. Jesus, how do you want me to live? Because I want to listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. Say it again. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. This is how we got to be. This is the invitation of his words is to actually address what's going on in our heart and mind. Do things differently. Because otherwise, we just press repeat on the same insanity that got us into the mess that we found ourselves in. And he's saying, did you hear me? I tell you the truth. The truth will set you free. And, and so I, I want to be one who is listening to him. I, I want to I keep, keep reading for, for a moment. Verse 25 is that I assure you, the time is, the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When the dead will hear my voice. The voice of the Son of God. And those who listen will live. Would you say that those who listen will live? Those who listen will live. Those who listen and take to heart and attend to what Jesus has to say will live. I want for you and I to grow to be people who actively are paying attention to Jesus. Because he's going to speak to us. He's going to whisper something. He's going to say, ah, ah, let's come back from that edge. He's going to say, you know, that path may not be the best one for you. He's going to speak to us and say, hey, the thing that you've gotten yourself wrapped up in here, I want to undo you from that. Let's go. Jesus is going to speak to you, and he's going to begin to give guidance and direction and insight and comfort and power and strength and sustaining, persevering energy, and you need it. And so those who listen will live. Say it again. Those who listen will live. Those who listen will live. This is what I believe God wants for each one of us is to be those who listen. Because when you listen, he's going to guide you away from some of the traps that the devil has set for you. When you listen, you're going to experience him leading you out of the dead end where sin is waiting to just kind of put a bear trap on you again. 
When you listen to Jesus, he's going to direct your steps into a destiny that he has for you that is about you living for his glory and making a difference in this world. When you listen to him, you will live because he's going to move you to a place of, of satisfaction in purpose and in the kingdom of God and the pursuit of God's goodness and his glory. Those who listen will live. Say it. Those who listen will live. Those who listen will live. I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those who listen and live, don't you? Yeah. I, I listen to Jesus and I live I live with the end in mind. John, I got I to gotta, I gotta just explore this for a moment. I, I hear about Jesus saying, those who listen will live. And if I give myself a little space, then I begin to start thinking about living and what living really is. And then even just what, it, what life actually is. And I begin wondering, what is life? What is the origin of life? What's the beginning of life? How does life actually work? Where does life itself actually even come from? And I can begin to wonder about these things. And then I start considering, I read an article this past week that said that they used to think that there's a hundred billion galaxies in, in the universe. But now, no, it's more than 200 billion galaxies in the universe. What does that even mean? And all of that is life. And I'm wondering, well, what about my life and compared to that life? And where does it begin? And where does it end? And the scientists will tell me when the, and the universe is 13 billion years old and all of that would be life. How does that even work? And Jesus says, oh, you, you want to know about life? I tell you the truth. And then he says these words, John 5, 26. He says, the Father has life in himself. And he has granted the same life-giving power to the Son. Would you read that out loud, verse 26? Go, the Father has life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to the Son. There's so much in this one sentence. Jesus is dropping this powerful revelation onto us. Any of us who have wondered about life, he's saying, you need to know this. Everything that you would even consider as life exists in the Father. The Father has life in himself. Every frequency, every wavelength, every boson, particle, every Neutron, proton, every molecule, everything existing in the Father. Can you let that just blow your mind for a second? The Father has life in himself. However many hundreds of billions you want to say that there are, they as life exist in the Father himself. All of whatever we would consider to be billions of years or however many there are or aren't, all life existing in the Father. And Jesus is saying, I want you to know this. It's, it's affirmed later in Colossians 1.17 where it says that all things hold together in him. In a sense, you could think of it this way. You and I exist in the thoughts of God. 
the frequency of his thoughts are where you exist, but his thoughts are, are frequencies which are, are light, and light is a particle, therefore it's substance, and for that reason, you and I aren't just a figment of divine imagination, but we're real and here, because life exists in the Father, and you exist in Him. This is mind-blowing. Like, if you really stop and think about it, it's crazy. And Jesus says, and I want you to know that, because if you can pay attention to this, it will set your mind at ease. You can relax a little bit because you live in him. All, all of life is in him. So pressure down a little bit. Pressure down a little bit. Here you are in life, in him. And I got to keep reading. He, he says, he's given the, the, verse 27, he has given him authority. He's given Jesus authority to judge everyone because he's the son of man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. And those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in the evil will rise to experience judgment. Oh, dang. <laughs> Jesus is not messing around. In, in this moment, remember, remember we, we already determined when he starts out saying, I tell you the truth, it's time, to, it's time to open your heart and pay attention. And, and he's saying you need to consider something. There will be an experience that, that will blow your mind. This story has a crazy ending, in a sense, is what he's saying. There will be a time when the dead will all be raised from their grave. And there are only two options at that point. Either raised to experience eternal life or raised to experience judgment. That is not a popular thing to say. <laughs> but Jesus is the one who reserves the right to step in and say, I tell you the truth. And you need to know that that's the way it's going to be. Jesus is not pulling any punches. He's wanting for everyone to know. And on, for some of us, we read those words and we go, that's a little bit scary. Some will rise uh, to experience eternal life, it said in verse 29. But those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. And some of us might go, oh, no. But listen, let me remind you. Back in verse 24, we already settled the issue about how does someone come to be spiritually alive? Is it because of how good you've been? Is it because of how many uh, times you've volunteered? And is it because you evened out your scales and stopped doing as much bad? No. The way you became spiritually alive was by listening to Jesus and trusting in God who sent him. Did you catch that? That's our gospel. That's where we went. Thank you, God. Like that. Because we need to remember it. Otherwise, we get to hear verse 29 and we go, oh, no. This, this applies to whoever... Is, has never said, Jesus, forgive me. I trust in you. And, and I think it's important that we catch this and, and we embrace a resolve to listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. That is the end in particular I was thinking of. I say it again. I listen to Jesus and I live with the end in mind. Say it with me. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. I listen to Jesus and live with the end in mind. He told me that at the last day, there's going to be a moment. It's going to be crazy but that every single person is going to be raised from death. 
And it doesn't matter whether somebody was uh, cremated or buried in the earth or lost at sea or whatever, because he who made the heavens and the earth and contains all of the hundreds of billions of galaxies, it isn't no problem for him to reconstitute molecules from here and there to put you back together and raise you up, and he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Raised to life, raised to judgment. And I listen to Jesus, and I live with the end in mind, and it changes the choices that I make. It changes the way I show up with the the person that I'm about to have that conflict with. It changes the way I respond to uh, this person at work that I'm having an issue. It changes me from the inside out. And and, and I want to just remind you of a couple of things. The end that we have in mind, there's an ultimate aspect of it, but there's also a, a temporal aspect of it. A few weeks ago, we had a, a really wonderful funeral here. And I say wonderful because not all of them are, but this one was. It was wonderful. It was, it was very honoring, and it was beautiful. And uh, there was uh, you know, beautiful music that was being sung, and there, there were pretty pictures on the screens, and there, there, there were uh, nice speeches that were made, and there, there's a beautiful white casket that was placed right here. But at the end of that moment, we, we, uh, me and the pallbearers walked out with that casket to place that casket in, in a hearse. And then we drove down to the cemetery in Escondido. And there we were, out there at the cemetery in Escondido. And this was a beloved brother. And so there were hundreds of people, maybe not hundreds, but at least a hundred people gathered around that, that cemetery uh, graveyard right where, where this brother's body would be laid to rest. And there was the casket above the ground, and we gathered around, and, and I said some things about it, but, but I, I, I reached the moment where it was time for us to lay him to rest, and I asked for the cemetery worker to come and, and do what they do, and said, it is here and now that this brother will be laid to rest. And then the crank began to operate, and this beautiful casket, you could just see it disappearing below the surface of the earth. And at that moment, you could hear all of us, just that, because it's painful. It's painful, the the finality of that. And in that moment, I I just said a few words, but one of the things that I said, and it's important for us to kind of think about it together, is look, a moment like this is something that all of us are going to come to, whether it's exactly like this or in some way, but a moment like this, it's no more pretty pictures and, and fancy music, it's just... Sky and earth and dirt. And so, so since we're all going to come to an end like this, and I remember saying this, how are you going to live? And, and it's important to ask ourselves that question. From, to, from today forward, how am I going to live? And what I've been through is covered by the blood of Jesus. What I have done is covered by the blood of Jesus. But here I am now, and I am in this present moment. Somebody has said that uh, the past is history, and the future is a mystery, but the present is a gift. And it is. It's It's a moment to say, here I am, God. Lead me from this moment on in your ways. I listen to Jesus, and I live with the end in mind. Verse 24, again, it said, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. Verse 24, one more time, it said, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. They've already passed from death to life. Did you hear the word of God? 
I want you to take it in deeply and recognize what Jesus has done. So I heard about, I read about this, this lake up in Montana. It's called the Berkeley Pit. And it's a lake that has been considered one of the biggest lakes in the country. But here's, here's the history behind it. Back in the 1800s, everybody's moving out west and mining for gold. But up there in Montana, they also found uh, copper. And so they set up a copper mine at the end of the 1800s. And they, long story short, discovered that the quickest way they could get all the copper out was just to start digging down into the earth. And that's why they called it the pit, because they would just go down, down, deeper and deeper and deeper. I think I have a couple of pictures of this pit. They just dug it. It it was the biggest copper mine in the whole entire world at the time. And America was growing in the 20s and 30s, and we needed copper to electrify all our houses. And it came from here, this place up there in in Montana, from the Berkeley pit. And they dug it deeper and deeper and deeper, and and it, it, it served us well. We got a lot of copper out of that place. But something happened, long story short, by about 1982, that company that was operating it went bankrupt. And so... Uh, they just closed up shop, pulled the plug, and uh, turned off the lights and left and never looked back. But what happened was they had all these pumps down in the pit that were getting the, keeping the water out that would naturally go in there. And so once they backed away, and ran, it just started filling up from groundwater, rainwater, just filling up. And then it quickly became, as I said, one of the largest lakes in the country. And it was a, a nice-looking lake, except after a while, this is what happened. The pyrite that was in all of the earth around here, we call that fool's gold, it started creating this chemical reaction where where because of the pyrite and the water, it created uh, sulfuric acid. And the sulfuric acid caused the leaching from all the heavy metals around the side of that pit, and it turned into this orangish-red cesspool of toxicity that was pretty except for if you ever touched it or drank it. And the scientists were, were, were aware, this, is, this, is, this water is bad. They didn't know how bad it was until uh, in 1995, a, a flock of geese, there were 342 geese, got you know, pushed off their track by some freak storm, and they ended up doing a, 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 an emergency landing there. They saw the lake and went, well, we'll just stop there. <laughs> like, like how I think of how geese are thinking. Well, we'll just stop there, said the one to the other. Anyway, they went into this uh, Berkeley Pit Lake, and it might have been a majestic sight to see. 342 geese all landing in this orangish-looking lake. But the next morning, 342 geese were dead floating in the water. And what had happened as they you know, looked into it was they, of course, they just drank the water, but this nasty, toxic stuff literally eroded their stomachs from the inside out. It was so acidic. And so it destroyed their gastrointestinal systems, and they died almost instantly. Pretty pretty tragic. The scientists were trying to figure out how they could make that water better, kept on testing it. A few few years later or, or, or so, they found this big uh, blackish-brown blob of slime beginning to develop in the lake. And they didn't know what it was, but they're testing it. And lo and behold, they tested this thing, and it turned out that it was somehow absorbing 90% of the heavy metals in the water that it came into contact with. It was literally the only thing that was able to do that naturally, but it was doing it. And so the scientists were ecstatic, going, how does this... How does this work? What is going on here? How is this thing, you know, metabolizing all of the 
toxicity of the heavy metals in this water. And so they tested it, and they found that it had a certain kind of a yeast in it. And, and this yeast had this unique ability to metabolize the heavy metals that were in that lake. And they were testing it, going, where did this come from? And then they discovered this particular yeast only comes from one place, and it's from the gastrointestinal tract of this one species of geese that happens to come flying across. I know it's a stretch, but I'm going to stretch. God saw the toxicity of our sin and the shame and the guilt and the burden of it all and, and how it would just erode us and destroy us and came in because he's the only one who could and came in and absorbed and metabolized all of the hideous toxicity of human sin on our behalf so that we truly could be set free and pass from death to life. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. One more time, I want to declare this to you, these words of Jesus. I tell you the truth. Verse 24. One more time. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be, con they will, they will never be condemned for their sins. They have already passed from death into life. This is the good news of the gospel. That there is a way that any single one of us can live with the freedom and the lifting that comes through that, they will not be condemned for their sins. This is the final word of Jesus, that it's possible. And the way it happens is exactly how he said it. Those who listen to me and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. That's his promise. Every one of us who's a believer, I hope that this particular I tell you the truth will give you a confidence to know where you stand with God and to be grateful and glad about it and even move you to be bold about considering how this, this world needs that good news and that we get a chance to bring it. For somebody else, the, the truth is you're here today and you need to respond. It's time for you to actually listen to the words of Jesus and believe in God who sent him. You've been a spectator long enough. It's time, it's time for you to cross the line and step into the place where you can once and for all say, Jesus, I wanna start following you. I wanna begin life with you. I wanna ask you to forgive me and save me. He'll do it. And then you get to live in the freedom of it. And so would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us in your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you allow us to, 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 to hear you confronting us sometimes and you step in you say I tell you the truth you think it's going to be because of how many good deeds you did you think it's going to be because of how nice you finally figured out how to be you think it's because you finally uh, paid off your debts from the bad it's not so I tell you the truth whoever listens to me and believes in God who sent me has eternal life thank you that those are your definitive words Jesus Thank you for telling us the truth. And, and God, I pray that right now you would allow some of us who are believers to just allow our hearts to be settled in this reality. That, that you have invited us to experience eternal life on the basis of your prescription. Listening to you, 
believing in God who sent you. Thank you, Father. Uh, everyone who is a believer, if you would say, I, I believe in Jesus. I'm not saying I'm the perfect person in this world, but I believe in Jesus. Would you just raise your hand? If you already know, I believe in Jesus. Keep your hand up for a moment. I just want to affirm to you the words of Jesus. He says, whoever listens to me and believes in God who sent me has eternal life. They will not be condemned for their sins. They have passed from death to life. The words of Jesus about you. Now just place your hand on your heart for a second. And just say it to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else, you're sitting here saying, I'm just trying to figure all this stuff out. Not really sure what to do with it at all. Every one of us who just raised our hand, all, all that has happened for us is a moment in time we finally admitted, I can't fix myself. I need to be forgiven. And I, be, I believe that somehow in ways that I'm going to figure out as I go, that forgiveness flows through Jesus. And so every one of us that just raised our hand, we just had a moment where we finally said, Jesus, would you also, would you forgive me and save me? I give you my life. It just changes everything. So for somebody who's sitting here today, you need to do that. You need to once and for all give your life to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you and save you. If you're sitting here right now and you're saying, I don't know where I stand with God. I want to be right with God. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. Then right now I want you to raise your hand up with me. This is you finally saying, Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me and save me. If you want to ask Jesus to forgive you and save you, raise your hand right now with me. Keep it up for a moment. On my left, in the back, you and you, I see you both. Way back in the chapel, in the back, I see you. That's awesome. Anyone else? I just want to make sure I don't miss you. In the middle, on my right, right here, thank you. I'm, and the reason I'm calling you out is because our, our ministry team is going to come your way and give you a Bible and make sure that you get started here. On my left, in the middle, in the back, thank you. Yeah, this is it. This is it. This is it. Where we finally just ex accept Jesus. Right over here on my right in the back. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. This moment is life-changing forever for some. And so those of you who had a hand raised right now, you know, maybe our ministry team's already there, or you can just pray with me, but you pray right now, and you say something like this, Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I give you my life. You could say it with me, Jesus Christ, I believe in you, and I give you my life. Forgive my sin. I turn from it now. Forgive me and save me. Jesus, I'm yours from this moment on. Thank you for this gift of new life. I receive it right now. New life. Make me new. Make me new, Jesus. And for somebody right now, it's like the cry of your heart is, I, I, I can't be the same anymore. And his response from all eternity is, that's right. That's why you're being born again right now. Because you can't be the same anymore. But this moment, you are changed forever. This is really your moment for somebody where God is saying from the inside out, I'm changing you right now. You can almost feel it inside of you, like a buzzing electric current almost. This is the power of God waking you up and setting you on fire for God. So Holy Spirit, I pray your fire would come and your fire would burn in and through our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Somebody right now, I want you to just begin to pray, Holy Spirit, I'm welcoming you. 
Holy Spirit, I open my heart to you. Just begin to pray that for a moment. Holy Spirit, I open my heart to you. When we're gathered like this, one of the best things we could do is just open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit might want to do as we're gathered together. And just say it with me, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Whatever you want to do. Okay, so this is the first thing I see in, in the Spirit is a, I don't know what you call this person, but a person who, uh, they handle birds. And they have a hawk or a falcon that's like their special bird. And they, they, and they handle that bird and they, they send the bird out to fly. And you see this relationship between the bird handler and the bird, the bird that goes out and flies. But that bird handler has a special way of whistling or chirping or something to make, make connection with that, that hawk, that falcon. And this is what I see in the spirit. It's like you are that, that hawk, that, that falcon. <laughs> and, and, and God's got you like that bird handler does. Like you just listen to him, you're going to fly freely, and you're going to enjoy it. But you, you come back to him, and you find safety, you find rest. And the reason I shared that, that, that's a word of knowledge for somebody, for a lot of us, that just sounds like, you know, something crazy. But for one or two of you, you're going to go, how did you know? I didn't know. God knows. And for some reason, that particular imagery is, is going to land with you for reasons that you know about. But you need to hear it. You, you, you get to fly freely, but you're going to come back to him, and he's going he's to give you the safety and the protection that you need. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Is there anything else you want to do while we're gathering together? Just begin praying right now. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Okay, so th th this is something else I see. I, that, that for somebody, it's like you've got a, a prison inside of your brain. <laughs> and the, the Spirit of God came and in an instant began to just melt the bars of the prison in your brain as a way of saying to you, I'm not, I'm not, that is not from me. That imprisonment in your brain that you have to do it like this and you have to think about it like this, that is not from me. It's like the Spirit of God is saying, I have come for you to be free. And so I'm, I'm melting the bars of, of that, that prison cage. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, anything else you want to do while we're gathering? Just join me praying, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. You could lift your voice and say it out loud, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I believe that God wants to do something to bring physical healing right now in this moment. And this is for somebody who uh, you, you literally hobbled in today on, on one leg because the other just hurts so bad. And I don't know what's going on, what kind of a strain or what kind of a tear or what kind of a... Uh, fracture. I don't know, but I just know that God wants to bring some healing. So I want, uh, I want, I want you to just, if you came in today and you, you were hobbling in here in pain because of one of your legs and you, you would say, I want, if God's going to touch me, I want the touch of God. I want his healing. I want you to raise your hand. If you came in with pain in one of your legs, thank you. Just keep your hand up for a moment. Would you? A couple of you right here and anyone else right here in the, in the back on this side. Yeah. Just keep it up for a moment. And we got a ministry team that's going to come towards you right now. And, and some brothers and sisters, pastors, and part of our, our staff, you better get up and start moving towards some folk and be praying. You have faith for healing. Move towards this brother, this sister. Keep your hands up for a moment. So this is part of what we do, right? 
we, 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 don't, we don't ignore this. Like Jesus went around healing the sick. And so if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we probably ought to spend some time doing that sometimes too. And what I just did is simply pay attention for a moment and, Holy Spirit, what do you have? And I get a word of knowledge. That's what that is. And, and I'm going out on a limb and sharing it. I don't know exactly what's happening with those with a hand raised, but I know this. God whispered something to me, and he wants to do something to bring healing. So here's what we do, the rest of us. Just pray right now, God, would you bring healing to those brothers and sisters? You can pray it with me. God, would you bring healing to those brothers and sisters? Come on, they're in pain, they're hurting. Just pray for them. God, would you bring healing to those brothers and sisters? Yeah, and even for other things that we haven't named right now, God, I pray for your healing to come. Would somebody, would you just cry out with me? God, would you bring healing to my brother and sister? Just pray it with me. God, bring healing to these brothers and sisters. I believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that means when we are gathered as disciples of Jesus, the same Jesus who healed the sick then is present now. And you told us, Jesus, to pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done where? On earth as in heaven. So God, I pray for these legs right now to get a Holy Spirit hit from heaven that changes everything. Thank you, Jesus, that that is going to happen right now. Those of you being prayed for, I need you to stand up. I need you to just go ahead, jump up to your feet. And jump up to your feet. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just jump for joy for a second. Just jump for joy. <laughs> just join me and jump for joy. Just jump for joy. I know it's a little crazy, a little silly, but just jump for joy with me. Jump. And now, okay, now, let me just ask. Just keep standing. If, if you feel like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? How am I jumping for joy when I hobbled in in pain? Would you just, if, if God, if you feel God has touched you to bring healing in your body and you can feel it, I want you to raise two hands if you feel God has touched you and brought healing into, into your body. This jet right here, keep, keep the two hands up for a moment. Keep the two hands up. This is your testimony. Like right now, brother, 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 sister, standing here with brother, like... How in the world, sister, right here, how in the world does that happen? That, that happens through the mighty power of Jesus. That's all I can say. Come on, somebody shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm free. We can just sing that out. Hallelujah, I'm free. Jesus, my Savior. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope the message encouraged you as much as it encouraged me. We'd love for you to be a part of the life of Centerpoint Church, and one of the ways to do that is by going to our website, mycenterpoint.tv. Also, if you'd like to invest and give towards what God's doing, there's ways to do that at our website. We'd love for you to subscribe. Thanks again. God bless, and have a great day.